Sorry. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Have you ever wondered what a reprobate mind looks like? Today on Viewpoint, you're about to find out, and it ain't pretty. Yes, I understand that the word ain't is not proper English, but at least it gets your attention. A reprobate mind. The Apostle Paul talked about that in Romans chapter 1 when he described those who, knowing God or knowing about God, refuse to honor him as God, and therefore their foolish minds and hearts become darkened. Now that's how the story begins in Romans chapter 1. When they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations or their reasonings of thoughts, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. Therefore, God gives them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. They change the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator. For this cause, says the Apostle Paul, God gives them up to vile affections. For even their women change the natural use into that which is against nature. In the same way, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burn in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error which was appropriate. So, the very next verse says that because they refuse to retain God in their knowledge, God gives them over to a reprobate mind to do things which, as the King James Version says, are not convenient. In other words, which are not appropriate, which are inconsistent with truth, which are inconsistent with reality, which are inconsistent with creation and the creative order. So, we find that the Apostle Paul defined then, 2,000 years ago, exactly what is taking place right now. And you're about to hear some of the most astounding illustrations of a reprobate mind. And it takes forms, many different forms. And so today on Viewpoint, you're going to hear many of those forms, all which have come out in the news this week many of them just in the last couple of days. Where should we begin? Should we begin with a man who drinks his urine? Or shall we begin with the creation of gay money by the UK with the Queen's image on it? Where do you think we should begin? Or should we begin with a university that refuses to allow poetry forms that have been used for 500 years among the greatest poets and authors of Western culture refuses to allow them to use it because they might be products of white Western culture. I thought God created humankind in his image, black and white, red and white, black and brown, they're all 
precious in God's sight. Isn't that what the song that we used to sing when we were kids said? Red and white, yellow, black and white, they are all precious in God's sight, but not according to the universities today. And would you believe that it's inflammatory to describe what abortion really is? Why would that be considered inflammatory? Well, this week, in testimony before the United States Congress, so-called medical authorities have declared that's inflammatory, even though they perform those very abortions. Today on Viewpoint, so many, those things and many, many more. So I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Myers. Conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction. Talk that transforms. And if you want to find out what the cesspool of Western culture has become and is increasingly becoming, you need to look no further than what we're describing here today on Viewpoint. And our purpose in doing this is not to inflame. It's not to be negative, it's to be positive in identifying what is really taking place that most of us don't want to pay attention to and want to hide from. We want to pretend that these things are not really happening so that we can get on with business as usual and not come to grips with the fact that these are the times, as described by the Apostle Paul, as described by Jesus, described by the Apostle John and Peter, these are the times that are precisely conforming to that which the Bible describes as preceding the immediate second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, if we understand it from that perspective, then identifying a reprobate mind becomes very important. If we don't understand it from that perspective, which requires that we somehow respond in our own hearts, in our own lives, and so on, and with our training of our children, our grandchildren, pastors with their people, and so on, if we don't understand it from that standpoint, then it's just sensationalism. We don't do sensationalism here on this program. Never have and never will. When we bring up things like this, it's for express purpose of helping us to see in glaring color. It used to be, what do they used to call it? Well, now it's HD. High definition. High definition. We want to bring it into high definition. Why would we want to bring these things into high definition? Because the very fact that we have been reluctant to bring them into high definition from the pulpits of America and through the politics of America is the reason we're in continuing to devolve, devolve deviancy down. That's why. Because we have not been willing to bring these things into high definition. That's the reason why this report came out today 44% of pastors say members' political views are problematic. Well, why do 44% of pastors say members' political views are problematic? Because the pastors have not been doing their job. They have not been presenting the truth of God's Word in 
HD, high definition, before their constituents, before their congregations on a weekly basis. They just haven't been doing it. Why haven't they? Because they're afraid of offending the people. On this program, we're not afraid of offending people. Jesus was never afraid of offending people. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, the Apostle John, the Apostle James, none of them were afraid of offending people, including the prophets in the Old Testament. None of them were afraid of offending people. Why? Because their goal was to please God. That's our goal, friends. That should be the goal of every pastor, every parachurch leader, every broadcaster, every author who claims the name of Christ. Unfortunately, it is not. They say it is, but in reality, it is not. If it had been, they would have been in high definition declaring the authority of the Word of God without equivocation on every one of these issues that they now call political. We'll be back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. The illustrations of a reprobate mind that we're bringing up here today on Viewpoint may appear to most people as political. They're not. Let me explain to you why. The root of these issues that we're bringing up today is not political. It's spiritual. The political is merely reflecting in a public persona the innermost spiritual reprobation of the American mind and heart and the entire Western world. It's merely reflecting what's in the heart. The problem is not the politics. The problem is a spiritual reprobate mind. How does a reprobate mind develop? Through rebellion. What is rebellion? Rebellion is refusal to agree with what God has said on each and every aspect that God has spoken. So if we, for instance, say God loves a good marriage, God ordained marriage, and he loves a good marriage. That's true. But if we don't say that God hates divorce, we have not given the full counsel of God. If we say that God wants you to be reconciled as a husband and wife and to love one another, that's good. But if we don't say what Jesus said, that whoever divorces their spouse commits adultery and whoever marries the one so divorced commits adultery, we are deceiving the people and are leading them into a rebellious state of mind and ultimately reprobation. Are you listening? We have no one here to please but God. That's one of the reasons why the Lord has made it possible for me to do what I do without having to rely on any man's 
money directly related to what is said or not said here on this program. The moment we have to rely or think we have to rely on any man's money is the moment we're willing to compromise from the pulpits of America in our books. We want to sell the book too much, so we'll just write what we think the people will receive. We don't write the whole counsel of God in order to sell the books. So the market becomes the master, and the master becomes merely a mascot of the faith. Not the for, the foundation of the faith, but just a mascot, a figurehead. And that's what's happened. Now, as we look into these various illustrations of a, the what a reprobate mind looks like, I want you to remember what we just talked about. That's why, rather than opening with a lot of the what appears to be sensationalistic information, we only gave a few sound bites, so to speak, to give you a hint. But now we go into the depths of reprobation. Reprobation begins with rebellion. Rebellion is dissing what God has said in whole or in part. In other words, elevating your own viewpoint or the viewpoint of your particular denomination or the viewpoint of your particular racial group or the viewpoint of whatever over what God has said. That's rebellion. How do we know that? Because that's exactly what Satan did. He elevated his own viewpoint, thinking he could be equal with God, and therefore decided, hmm, I'm going to be like the Most High. And that's exactly what people do as they rebel increasingly against God's authority and head rapidly down the highway of reprobation into eternal damnation. Put a lot there in those few words, but I hope you'll remember them. Now, let's begin. Why would the United Kingdom, England's royal mint, our mother country, from which came the Salvation Army, with from which came... Uh, George Whitfield, which from which came George John Wesley and Charles Wesley, the hymn writers and preachers. What would cause the UK, the Royal Kingdom, the Royal Mint to create gay or homosexual money? They're even converting the money into reprobation, into rebellion. So they've announced a new 50 cent piece coin or 50 pence coin emblazoned with uh, the gay, lesbian, transgender pride symbols to celebrate half a century of LGBT pride in the United Kingdom. The new coin produced by the Royal Mint was designed by a London tattoo artist and features five rainbow flags and a blue and pink transgender pride triangle, which also features two black and brown stripes to represent gay people of color. In other words, black or brown homosexual people or lesbians. 
The coin was created to mark the 50th anniversary of the first LGBTQ plus pride parade in the UK, which was organized by the Gay Liberation Front and took place in London in 1972. This is the first ever UK coin dedicated to Britain's LGBTQ plus community with color printing technology capturing the spirit of Pride UK with its iconic rainbow colors. The spirit. Notice, it's about the spirit. Homosexuality is not about politics. It's about the spirit. The politics are merely the reflection of the spirit. The public reflection of the spirit of rebellion against God's creation order. God created in the beginning, male and female, male and female created he them, and Adam was the first, male and female he created them. Science knows that. Science knows the chromosomal combinations that make up male and female, and they never differ. They're always the same. That's scientific. If you're going to follow the science, then that's the science, because God created the science that could be discovered. But they're not satisfied with that. They have a better idea. They don't like. They want to do what they want to do, because the spirit of the matter is rebellion. That's what happened to the first king of Israel. Remember King Saul? God ordained him, lifted him up as the first king of Israel, And when God gave him command to utterly and truly truly destroy the Amalekites and uh, all of their animals and so on, and he refused to do it. He said, but the people, the people made me do it. Well, they wanted to worship the Lord. In other words, he wanted to turn it into a spiritual enterprise, one that he could rationalize his rebellion spiritually. So... The prophet Samuel cut right through, through to the chase on it. He said, well, if that's be true, and, and if you actually coming to me are bragging about how you did what God asked you to do, then what means this bleeding of the sheep that I'm hearing out there and the lowing of the cattle? What, what's that all about? I thought you killed them all. Oh, said the said uh, King Saul. Well, you know, uh, the people saved those in order to be able to sacrifice to the Lord. God isn't looking for your LGBTQ sacrifices to the Lord. He's looking for your righteous sacrifices to the Lord. Are you listening yet? Here's the royal mint of our mother mother company, a country rather, creating a coin to celebrate that which God says is reprobation. Does that not say a lot? Is that political or is that spiritual? Friends, it's spiritual. Now let's suppose that that is presented to the 44% of pastors that say members' political views are problematic. They can't deal with them. What's the pastor going to do? He's going to play games. That's what they do. The majority of pastors play games with this kind of thing. They rationalize. 
They don't want to offend anybody. They don't want to tell the truth. They don't want anybody upset. So they'd rather please men than they would please God. They're more interested in building their congregation than allowing Christ to build his. Jesus said, you make disciples and I'll build my church. But they've decided to make, build churches and are not making disciples. Why? Because a disciple must obey God. That's the, that's the fundamental definition of a disciple. One who obeys, chooses to obey God from the heart. Not because he has to, but because he wants to. It's a matter of the want to. Do you see how this has been developing? This didn't happen overnight. This has been happening ever since the 1960s for sure. Why do you think another study says that one-third of U.S. millennials identify as gay or transgender? One-third. People between the ages of 18 and 37, the most populous generation in American society, why would one-third of them identify as LGBTQ or whatever? They're redefining sexuality according to their own viewpoint. Are you beginning to understand why viewpoint determines destiny? What's happened now, and that's 30% of the millennial generation. How about Generation Z that follows them? The most atheistic, unbelieving generation in American history. The children of the millennials. Should this come as a surprise? No. Because the parents of the grandparents of the millennials i.e. the baby boomers, began rebellion in the 1960s. The whole spirit of rebellion. Rebellion against God, rebellion against all authority, the sexual uh, revolution, all of that began with the baby boomers. Then came their children. Now, what would you expect their children to believe? Well, as one author said, what the parents allow in moderation, the children will take to excess. So the next generation was more excessive in rebelling and embracing godless views than the baby boomers. And then we have the millennials. And you can see the trajectory of the devolution of truth to debauchery. That's what we're looking at. All right. Why would an abortionist say it's inflammatory to describe what abortion is when that's exactly what they're engaged in? Because they don't want people to see things for what they are. They are disinformation specialists. Abortionists are disinformation specialists. They're the very kind of people that the Biden White House wants to 
elevate their viewpoints and shut down the viewpoints of those who would call abortion what it really is. They say that's disinformation. Are you beginning to see the whole movement of the Biden White House to launch this disinformation campaign is an example of massive reprobation. It's a desire and a design to cut down in the name of law, under color of law, all truth that disagrees with the new reprobate viewpoint. It shouldn't be shocking. Because these things happen like a domino effect. It began largely in the 1960s and has accelerated every decade since then. We're going to take a look at some other things, many other things here, that are revealing how this reprobate mind is being expressed. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section. God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, A letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chrismeyer. The testimony came forth before the U.S. Congress under oath this week from two doctors saying men can get pregnant. You heard that correctly. Under oath, they said men can get pregnant. Now, have you ever seen a pregnant man? I doubt it. But Amy Arambi Arambibi, executive director of the abortion advocacy group Avow Texas, appeared before the House Judiciary Committee on a hearing about abortion. She was asked by Representative Dan Bishop to define a woman. She said, I believe that everyone can identify for themselves. So she was asked if she then believed that men could get pregnant and have abortions. And she answered, yes. Now, what would you take from that? Friends, that statement is the outrageous expression of the far reaches of a reprobate mind. Catherine Glenn Foster, CEO and president of Americans United for Life, also testified, as did Michelle Goodwin, law professor from the University of California, Irvine, and Dr. Yashika Robinson, medical director of the Alabama Women's Center for Reproductive Alternatives. So Dr. Robinson was asked by Congressman Bishop to define woman. 
He said, you're a medical doctor. What is a woman? Robinson said, the reason that I use she and her pronouns is because I understand that there are people who become pregnant that may not identify that way. So the congressman asked her again, are you going to answer my question? Can you answer the question, what's a woman? So the doctor responded, I am a woman. Okay, so the congressman said, you gave me an example of a woman. Can you tell me otherwise what a woman is? Yes, she said, I'm telling you, I'm a woman. So the congressman asked, is that as comprehensive a definition as you as a doctor can give me? She said, that's as comprehensive a definition as I'm going to give you. Because what we're here for is to talk about the access to abortion. So the congressman responded saying, so you're not interested in answering the question that I asked unless it's part of a message that you want to deliver that's contrary to the truth. Are you beginning to get the picture? It's not about truth. It's about a reprobate mind changing the viewpoint of the the creator into the perverse viewpoint of the creature, thus elevating the creature as equal to or superior to the creator. That is what happens with a reprobate mind. And that's what's happened all over America. Now you think, well, you know, this is all kind of silly. Everybody knows that a man can't get pregnant. Well, these women professionals aren't willing to admit it. Why aren't they willing to admit that which is scientific truth? Follow the science, right? No. Even science is not sufficient. Because the reality is that all true science is in agreement with what God has said because he created it. So if they disagree with what God has said in his word, they actually are in fundamental disagreement with science by, by definition. Oh, and we're not done yet. So who's bringing disinformation? Well, it's the people, ostensibly, who are in disagreement with the rebels. Those who are in disagreement with the latest version of reprobation are necessarily bringing disinformation because they're not in agreement. Therefore, they must be shut down. Now, how far does that go? Well, first of all, you have to be shut down with regard to your spiritual conviction. The problem is that the spiritual conviction is oftentimes hidden. So how do we know what that spiritual conviction is? Oftentimes through the political expression. That's why pastors confuse the spiritual with the political. They think that if something that has a spiritual root is actually being discussed as politics, then they can't deal with it because that's politics. It's not true. 
In fact, they're yielding to the spirit of reprobation when they think that way. They're defaulting on what God has required them to do. To speak as his voice to the people without equivocation. The fact that pastors have not been willing to do that for two generations past is one of the fundamental reasons why we are in the mess that we're in. It's not the only reason, but it's a fundamental reason so that God's, those who profess to be followers of Christ, actually have become, shall we say, co-conspirators or in complicity with the reprobates to agree with their viewpoints in whole or in part, so to get along. What does the Bible say about that? Would you like to know? Here's what the Apostle Paul says at the end of Romans chapter 1. Those who don't speak out, who play games with the truth, who will not come out publicly and discuss this as a genuine spiritual issue, but will try to go along to get along, even though they themselves are not conducting themselves as, uh, shall we say, uh, LGBTQ or whatever, any of these other things. Here's what the Apostle Paul says who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do them, but, here's the issue, but have pleasure or approve them that do them. In other words, go along. Are not willing to stand. Hmm. Wow. It's breathtaking, friends, to see how far this has gone. And bear in mind that we've been on the air here talking about these things with increasing ante, upping the ante, every year for the past 27 years, confronting the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective trying to deliver the truth in love without making mince word of the truth, without trying to camouflage the truth to make it seem nice. It's not about niceness, friends. It's about truth. If you don't like truth, no amount of truth is nice. If you're a lover of the truth, then you will receive it as welcoming. So whether you see the truth as spoken in love or whether you see the truth as nice or not nice is dependent upon you. If you're a lover of the truth and you see it being presented, you hear it being presented in sincerity and in truth with a righteous attitude and a holy purpose, then you will, even if it hurts, you will align yourself with what is being said. If you don't like that, then you will be part of the reprobate community sooner or later. And it doesn't take very long. You're conforming to the culture. And isn't that the reason why the Apostle Paul said 
Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that is, your thinking, that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. People say, well, I want to know what God's will is. Most people don't really want to know what God's will is, because if they did, they'd spend more time in his word. They don't spend more time in his will because they don't really want to know his will. They just want to pretend to know his will because it sounds spiritual. I'm sorry to be so straightforward here today, but time is short. We really don't have time to dance anymore with equivocation. It's time to be straightforward, isn't it? If Jesus is coming soon which people increasingly are convinced is true, then shouldn't we become more and more serious and sincere and stop playing games? Pastor, shouldn't we stop playing games? It's not about your kingdom. It's about his kingdom. It's not about your popularity. It's about God's purity and holiness, isn't it? Why do we play this game? Are you so addicted to your retirement plan that you have to, you can't tell the people the truth? Are you so addicted to your reputation that you've built by telling people what they wanted to hear over so long a period of time that you cannot now, under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, tell them the whole truth? Knowing that some of those people who are out there divorcing their spouses and remarrying when their spouses are still living, that you've approved of, contrary to what Jesus has said, are going to stand before you on the day of judgment and say, Pastor, I trusted you. How could you do this? How could you be so selfish? Leave a little pregnant silence there for it to sink in. We'll be right right back with you after this break, friends. You might want to consider getting a copy of the book, Seduction of the Saints, How to Stay Pure in a World of Deception. Are we in that world yet? You better believe it. And why would a man drink urine daily? What's that about? Eternal life? We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Seduction of the Saints. 
How to Stay Pure in a World of Deception. Are you concerned that perhaps, maybe, unwittingly even, you have become part of the problem? It was about 15 years ago I had a uh, very well-known a pastor on my program. I can't remember the title of his book. I do remember his name. I'm not going to mention his name here on the radio today. Just recently, I came across another book that he has written. And um, I remember after the interview, he said to me, this was not during the radio program, but right after that, he said, Chuck, I realize today having been on this program, that I am part of the problem. His exact words, I realize that I, as a pastor, am part of the problem. Now, he's a strong evangelical pastor. Says he believes the Bible from cover to cover and the cover to. He realized and was humble enough to admit, I'm part of the problem. Are you part of the problem? There is a sense in, ev- in which every single one of us is tempted to a reprobate mind. We just are. We're living in that kind of a season. The temptations are greater and greater and greater. But let me tell you this. Let me encourage you with this. We're told that there is no temptation taken you or me, but such as is common to man, but that God is providing a way or a means of escape. What is that means of escape? Have you thought about that? God's not going to open some trap doors that you're going to fall through so that you can escape. No, that's what his grace is for. His grace is his enabling power through his favor, his unmerited favor, to equip you and enable you to stand, and having done all to stand, to stand in truth having your loins girt about with truth, and to live accordingly, to resist temptation, to flee temptation when it comes, to not allow your reasonings and thoughts, which the King James Version of the Bible calls imaginations of the heart, the reasonings and thoughts, to become conformed to the spirit of the age. He also gives you his word. He says, meditate on it day and night. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto thy path. I will hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's not that hard, friends. But most professing Christians today are not willing to do even the simplest things that God asks in order for us to be victorious. To me, it's pretty shocking, but it's just the way it is. I've watched it now for 60 years, from coast to coast. It's painful. What? Get a copy of the book, Seduction of the Saints. It's going to help you so much. It's going to encourage you. It's going to, it's, it's going to help you so you can kind of 
meditate. You can go through things slowly and think about it. Apply it in your own life. That's why a, a listener just this week said, I, I want 18 copies of that book. I'm going to hand it out to pastors and other leaders that I know. They have to have this book. Maybe you have to have it too. It's an $18 book. Yours for $15 on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Why would a 34-year-old vegan in England swear by drinking his urine daily? He says it's his cure. Cures is from depression and anxiety, and he calls it urine therapy. I was desperate to be healed, and the moment I drank my urine, it woke up my brain, and now I have peace and calm and determination. What's this all about? Well, Maybe the headline for the New York Post gives us an inkling. It's his secret to eternal youth. It's another way of saying it's his secret to eternal life as best he can grab it, grab a hold of it, drinking his urine. What does that tell you about a reprobate mind? Anything? A Fox News, former Fox News chief political correspondent has made a stunning remark during an interview this week. Carl Cameron, who I always thought was a bit on the loosey-goosey side of things, having no seeming convictions, said Republicans have become the purveyors of misinformation and democracy is seriously in trouble. He said, these people maybe should have their names put out there and put in jail. Really? He's the purveyor of real information? No, he's the purveyor of disinformation and the protector of those who are disinformation purveyors because he agrees with their viewpoint. Be very careful, friends. Don't lock your soul into Fox News or Newsmax or any other agency or even presidential candidate. Don't do it. Why would a white abortion activist declare to a black pro-lifer that black lives matter, but not yours. You don't count. Really, a white abortionist activist says to a black person who is against abortion, saying, your life doesn't count. You're black, but your life doesn't count. 
Do you see the perversity of this kind of thinking? It's beyond the pale, friends, what people can come up with. There's no rationality. There's is total irrationality. Illinois State University is requiring students to pass a diversity, equity, and inclusion course to be eligible to graduate. Friends, this is propaganda. This is not information. This is propaganda to strip away any convictions or reasonable thought that the students of Illinois State University might have regarding the issues of our time. They're going to tell you what to believe, and if you don't, and you don't take their disinformation course that is designed to disinform you of the truth, then you won't even graduate. Wow. Fisher Price has now released a drag queen set of figurines aimed at your toddlers or your grandchildren. The Fisher Price brand Mattel released a three figurine pack devoted to RuPaul with two figures in drag and one representing the host of RuPaul's drag race. Wow. And they talk about disinformation friends all they're trying to do is program our children with false information that is contrary to god's word will in a ways which in effect makes it disinformation which they are calling information that your children and my grandchildren need to know and be inculcated in their lives. Do you see, when Jesus said how desperately deceptive these times were going to be, are you beginning to get a picture of what that might look like? I hope so. And if that's not enough, Joe Biden now has left the United States of America... He's on his way to a couple of other countries, including Israel. Jerusalem. The Biden State Department has now tried to foist a U.S. consulate located in Jerusalem to serve Palestinians only on the Israeli government. To force the Israeli government to host a U.S. consulate dedicated to Palestinians only in Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the Jewish people. The Israeli government stood firm, denied the unacceptable precedent, but it would have been tantamount to dividing the unique sovereignty of any nation, and Israel was appalled at the chutzpah of the State Department for even demanding such a request. This is our current presidential administration, friends. Regardless of how you argue the election of 2020, the majority are maintaining that Joe Biden was elected. Who 
elected him. Who elected this voice and engine of disinformation, that is, information and understanding, viewpoints totally and rapidly contrary to the word, will, and the ways of God as expressed in the Bible? Who voted for him? You should be ashamed of yourself. In fact, you should fall on your face in repentance before God. Because you knew what he was like. And if you didn't know then, you know now. And you should still fall on your face and repent. That you were complicit in participating, in foisting such an individual and all that he would bring against this country against the world, against Israel, and against God in the name of American politics. As it has once been said and repeated over and over again, we get the leaders that we deserve. This is not a mystery, my friend. That election of 2020, the election of 28, 2012, were dramatic manifestations of a reprobate mind that had gripped the American people. Throwing all caution aside, throwing all manifestations of biblical truth aside, and embracing wickedness with a whole heart because, well, it just felt better. This isn't a matter of Republicans and Democrats. This is a matter of reprobation. Whether it comes on the back of an elephant or a donkey, it's still reprobation. My pastor friends, don't be confused. Just because something looks political doesn't mean that its fundamental manifestation, that its fundamental uh, source is political. Almost all of these issues are spiritual. Let's deal with them that way. Thanks for joining us. Become a partner. Send your gifts, my faith, friends. To Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Get a copy of the book, Seduction of the Saints. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. God bless. Be a blessing and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.